Welcome to Forward Progress on this Monday, November 6th, post week nine. We've got an action-packed show. We'll be breaking down some takeaways of the week that was. Look forward to this week's lines and early market moves, as well as all the impactful injuries, including quarterbacks for the New York Giants. Uh, then we're going to preview Monday Night Football. If you're not already, you should really subscribe Hit the notifications bell so you don't miss any of the content. Also, smash the like button, please. I want to see 100 likes today. That's the goal for today's show. Of course, none of this would be possible without our sponsor, Pinnacle, who's the world's sharpest sports book and available to bettors in Ontario. Find out what the pros have known for 25 years. Everyday competitive odds. Your trusted sports book. Bet smart. Bet Pinnacle. Must be 19 plus in Ontario. Please play responsibly. With that being said, I'm your host, George Sofidis. And this show would also not be able to be possible without my co-host today, Suma, pro sports better creator on the Hammer Betting Network. Suma, how are you, my friend? Man, I'm doing fine. I'm tired from yesterday, but I'm always fine and fully awake when we can talk some ball. It was a long, long football day, but uh, the NFL managed to give us, you know, a really good game or at least a really hyped up game in every single time slot. So that was kind of fun. Let's start off with the Sunday night football game, though. The Bengals beat the Bills 24 to 18. And I want to start off with the Bengals. And I guess my first question is, uh, Suma, two games in a row now, we've seen Joe Burrow look really good again. Are the Bengals back to being full-blown Super Bowl contenders? I read on Twitter or on X today that uh, Joey Burrow is only throwing short stop routes, so I'm not sure whether he is uh, re <laughs> really back. Um, I mean, yes, this is the old Joe Burrow. This is the Bengals offense that we thought or what our prior was going into the year, and I think they are fully back, um, of course. Um, I mean, last week they played very well against a tough Niners defense, and this time they, they played a worse defense and they had a great first half. Somehow tanked the second half, uh, couldn't get uh, too many drives or scoring drives going, but took uh, took care of business. And uh, while I am still having some concerns about their defense, um, yes, I think the Bengals are at least fully back to my preseason prior. Well, that is my next question. Like Lou Anarumo did mix up some stuff in last night's game. What's your level of optimism that they can figure it out by the end of the season going into the playoffs that they'll have at least a league average defense? Do you have some optimism in that in that perspective? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, I also think that there is always the chance or, or a more likely chance with some kind of great DC that he can give you a very good game plan when it comes to, to, to January, February. Um, when it comes to playing deep into the AFC playoffs. So on that part, I'm not concerned, but I still don't think this is as good of a defense as it was last year. And um, they might rely a little bit more on their offense this year. All right, let's talk about the Bills. Um, you know, they've been Super Bowl contenders or one of the favorites for years now. But my question is, is this the worst version of the Bills that we've seen in the past three years? Does it feel like something is missing? And if so, Suma, what is it? A defense, <laughs> first and foremost. So, I mean, they switched DCs last offseason because um, they wanted to have something new or someone new calling the plays, mixing stuff up because uh, under Leslie Frazier, it was always 
a top 10 defense that tried to be very conservative, not too many blitzes, but they really had the talent to at least be good throughout the game with their uh, form and rush. And then on the back end, they had a very good safety duo. Um, Tredavious White went healthy, some decent uh, cornerbacks at the other spots. But right now, their safety duo is getting older. They have no one at linebacker. Trey White is out, which puts more stress on the other cornerbacks. Von Miller is not back to is not back yet to a hundred percent. Dequan Jones was really or had a great start into the season. He's he's on IR. Um, I I haven't won the, the numbers yet, but I would not be surprised that or if the Bills defense was like bottom five ish since they lost all their guys um, against the Jaguars in the London game. They are really lacking a solid defense. And then when it comes to their offense, I mean, there's not a high floor this year. It's It's been really inconsistent. And when they do not get at least an average support by their defense, it puts way more stress on that offense to have a, a clean game. And that's not been there very often this season. Yeah, um, um, we gave out the numbers, or I did um, on last week's Wednesday show when talking about Bengals and Bills. And I said, since the Milano injury, they're like 25th in defensive EPA per play and 27th in defensive success rate. So they have been a bottom-tier defense. Uh, the offense has changed a little too, though, right? Uh, George Chahuri from Pro Football Focus tweeted out, uh, Josh Allen's designed runs the last four years in 2020 was 4.7 per game, 4.6 per game in 2021, 4.3 per game in 2022, 1.7 in 2023. That's a drastic shift. And my question is, is that just because of the injuries this year? Or is this a case of them just trying to protect their franchise quarterback for the long-term thinking? Um, and has it taken away some of the dynamic part of their offense? Maybe both. And yes, I think so. I mean, Josh Allen running the ball has been very deadly over the years, whether it's in, in short um short situations, uh, fourth down, third down. But also it feels like his scrambling ability is somewhat limited this season. I can be wrong on that. Uh, someone might uh, prove me wrong, but it feels like when you watch the game, like yesterday there were a few situations where I expected him to take off and scramble for a first down. And he's just standing there waiting for someone to get open and then eating sex. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's not been there before. So I don't know whether they are trying to protect him, whether it's injury-related stuff. But, I mean, taking sex is also not really helping you when you want to protect your body. Well, that's when they're at their best, right? Like, you have to cover all the receivers and then... Josh just pulls it down and yes. 20 yards later, it's it's such a dangerous thing to account for. Um, last question is Josh Allen throws another turnover and, you know, he has been Mr. Turnover the last three years. Is this, is he always going to have this in his game? Like because he plays on the edge, you have to live with one turnover a game at minimum. Yes, I think so. But I th also think that in the past, these um, turnovers were pretty much negated by all his other spectacular play oh, wow. and getting yes getting the big uh, getting the the big plays you could always like swallow a few bad plays from him every now and then then sometimes you had these for example these jets games last season where mistakes will compound one turnover might turn into two, uh, a second or a third turnover but this year 
I think like this consistent upwards play just has been missing or has been absent. And right now they cannot really make up for his mental mistakes. All right. Um, let's move on to Dallas and Philadelphia, the big game at the 4.30 time slot if you live in the Eastern Standard Time Zone. Uh, the Cowboys won the statistical battle. Uh, did they feel like the better team on the field, though? Yes and no. I would argue that Dallas was maybe even, but they had the coaching disadvantage. Like there were a few situations where they where where um, the Eagles coaching wise just took Mike McCarthy's lunch money. Like a few very crucial situations where you thought like, okay, this is just a poorly coached team. Like that um, end end of game sequence. I mean. Jake Ferguson is running freely over the middle of the field. CD Lamb has his one-on-one -on -one and uh, Dak Prescott throws it to Jalen Tolbert. Don't know whether that's the design of the play or whether it was um, entirely on, on, on Dak's decision, but a few moments in that game were really like mind-boggling and you know why the Eagles are such a well well-coached team. I think Dak had a very, very good game uh, and he was by far not the not the issue for Dallas yesterday. I had Eagles minus three, and to be honest, I could not have argued one bit if if Dallas would have covered this. Um, they they were really close, even though that last um, final drive um, they got gifted like I don't know 40, 50 yards of of penalties. But overall, I think Dak had a great game. Uh, but it, but it was basically just a few nuances where the Eagles are just simply better right now and where um they they just make uh, more placebo coaching uh, decisions i'm starting to realize sometimes the game is won by a couple nuances and we'll talk about that in another game that i thought came down to a couple nuances um the eagles got torched through the air um they were actively trying to trade for jalen johnson is the the secondary uh concerning like are, are we sure that this is a good secondary that Will hold up in the playoffs uh i don't think so um i mean it was obvious why they traded for, for kevin byard but i mean yesterday they had some injury issues they are not at, at good at, they are not good at linebacker to begin with then now kobe dean went out uh, fletcher cox was banked up i think uh, jen carter or yeah. john davis one of the two was also banked up and got checked outside. James Bradbury went out at some point. Darius Slay was banked up. And I feel like this is a very, very good football team. But once they face a good quarterback who can dink and dunk them to death, they they will have some problems or they will face some problems. And especially when there are a few players missing or, or being banked up. I mean, at the end of the game, there was one play. I think Bradbury was on the sideline and Slay was on the sideline where they had like basically practice squad quarterbacks on the field. And yeah. that's a state you don't want to be in. I think that their defensive line is very, very good, but you still have to have somewhat of an average secondary to hold up overall as a defense all right uh nfc championship game played on a neutral field san francisco philadelphia who are you making the favorite are the eagles still the best team in the nfc or even though they're coming off three losses do you like san fran in a matchup against philly out of my head i would probably make this 
a pick right now, probably pretty equal. I have not really downgraded San Francisco in, in recent weeks because they were dealing with some injuries and they really moved the ball on that Bengals team. So I'm, I'm not overly concerned. Add, added Chase Young, which should be somewhat of, of a boost in that Chris Kutcherick, uh defense or defensive line. So I'm, I'm not concerned with the Niners. I think the, the, these teams are very close together. I would probably give a small edge towards the Eagles right now, but overall, I think these teams are pretty close. Jason, I'm going to ask Suma a question, but can you, in the meantime, prepare the Eagles' uh, schedule coming up? Because they got a gauntlet, and I want to ask Suma about it. Um, Rob Pozzola made the comparison on forward progress last night that the Cowboys are the Miami Dolphins of the NFC. They smash all the bad teams and lose to the good ones. Is that how you feel about them? Yes, a little bit, I would say. Um, I mean, coaching-wise, I mean, Eagles and uh, Niners are clearly one step above Dallas. And I feel like Dak Prescott, yes, he had a great game yesterday, but there are always these, these small mental errors in this game. Like yesterday, where he stepped out of bounds, like, I mean, how can you do such a mistake? And there are always these sequences where you really question Mike McCarthy. And I feel like unless they don't really make a 180 in those regards, I think, yes, they they they, they could be the, the, the one team in the NFC that is super talented, but will likely never be the top tier teams when it comes to the playoffs. You'll never realize that what they're... Potential perfect game could look like. Yes. Uh, Jason, let's pull up the schedule. Nathan Jacobson asked, what team jumps out to you the most that could potentially beat the Eagles in their upcoming schedule? They're at Kansas City off a bye on Monday Night Football. Then they're home to the Buffalo Bills, home to San Francisco, at Dallas. That's their next four games. That's a gauntlet. Even at Seattle's not an easy game week 15. Uh, Suma, if the Eagles came out of that stretch two and two, would you be surprised? No. No, not at all. I mean, two and two, then they would be uh, 10 and three. I think every Eagles fan in the world before the season would have taken that 10 and three after week uh, 13. So um, you could easily lose to the Chiefs. You can easily give up a game against uh, San Fran or, or Dallas. So um, if the Eagles managed to go two and two and continue to look like a real good football team i would not be surprised and would not be concerned about them at all what about jalen hurts's knee i i keep wanting to say that's going to become a problem at some point and it, it, i think his mobility is completely gone but he's become a good enough pocket passer that they've survived it the bye could not have come at a better team a better time for them just to get him healthy let's go to the game that was in your backyard suma miami kansas city started off yesterday's slate of games and suma i realize the power an interviewer has because depending on what question he asks he can guide a whole the, the guide the whole conversation in a direction so i don't want to do that I'm just going to ask you, without a specific direction, what was your main takeaway of Miami and Kansas City yesterday? That KC finally has a really good defense and that Miami still had a very good chance to win this game, but shot themselves in the foot several times with penalties, mental errors by two attacker by lower. But, and that leads me to my next point, is that we have now seen three games where 
opposing teams were able to disrupt the scheme, so to speak. And all of a sudden, this well-oiled machine is not rolling anymore. And that's somewhat concerning to me. But I got to say, yesterday, um, if if you replay this game, there's a very good chance that uh, Miami pulls out the win uh, because after those two, uh, first two of, or I think it was the first two uh, drives where KC scored touchdowns, uh, Dolphins defense stepped up. They they doubled uh, Kelsey several times. Their pass rush was working, uh, but it, it 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 basically came down to Tua and that offense having some mental mistakes with with flags with Tua um, under throwing. I think Cedric Wilson late in the game. I think that ball slipped out of his hands. There's no way he threw that. Yeah. That that was it because it, it went high too. It went off camera and it came down like a duck, very short. I think it definitely slipped out of his hand there. But it, it was awful because despite all the mistakes, it could have been a tie game. And it just feels like. You know, that was the story of the Eagles game. Despite all the mistakes, we could have tied it in the fourth quarter. I think that was my main takeaway, too, was, A, I, I said, you know what, we'll learn how good Kansas City's defense is um, after the Dolphins game. And you know what? All right. They are really good. And I also said um, people who have been judging Miami's defense based on season-long data needs to point to the improvements they've made in the last month. And I thought I thought we saw a uh, part of that last night. Um Let's move on to Baltimore and Seattle. Um, Suma, I uh, was in your place last Wednesday, and I learned the the pain of having five leans that that came through and then giving away a best bet that was a dead duck from the start. I couldn't resist getting six points with Seattle, but the Ravens completely dominate them in this game. They win 37-3. to three. They win the first down battle 29-6. to six. 515 yards to 151. It got ugly. Um, and I guess my question is, like, this is two out of three weeks now. We've seen the Ravens roll a team that is probably a playoff-bound team. Uh, are the Ravens the best team in football? And if not, where do you rank them? They are my number one team right now. Um, best defense in the league right now. Sorry, Browns. I think the the the, the Ravens defense is is playing at a... Um, higher level, especially when you um, when you have uh, such a great DC, really, I mean, disrupting like every play that the Seahawks wanted to run. Uh, really incredible to watch. I think that the Browns might have more individual talent when when we just want to compare the two teams right now. Yeah. I think the Browns Browns have more talent, but the Ravens are playing more cohesive as a unit. I feel like when when watching their games and. The Ravens' offense juggernaut right now. Very hard to 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 stop the passing game, and also very tough to stop that one game with Lamar um, keeping the ball. I mean, very impressive right now. I think they they deserve to be the number one team. And yeah, I mean, this just looks like a very hard team to stop. And <laughs> what I think, what I thought about today is. The Ravens are probably the number one team right now, and they still managed to lose against Mike Tomlin's voodoo magic. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. No, one time I backed them and they don't win. <laughs> um, all right, Suma, I saw a stat of through four games, Geno Smith had one turnover, and through the last four games, he's had eight turnovers. And I'm starting to question if uh, if Geno's going to be the drag on this really 
pretty talented roster. Is Seattle closer to Detroit or are they closer to New Orleans to you? I think they are somewhere in the middle, I would say. Um, I think the Lions are way more stable and I would expect less variance to the downside from Detroit, which probably sounds stupid when we are comparing uh, Lions and Seahawks playing at, at Baltimore right now. But I I think like it's more likely to get these games from from Seattle than from Detroit. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's weird because like yesterday, it was not like Seattle had a complete dud, but it was more so that the Ravens just stomped them. Mm -hmm. I mean, their defense was on them the, the whole game. And I think when the Ravens have, or when the Ravens are on fire on offense, there's also not really a defense that I feel can stop them. Um, so hard to take uh, anything or hard to take too much away from Seattle here. I think they will not be worse than they were the week before. It's just that they run it, ran into a bus saw and it's very hard to beat the Ravens when they're on. All right, let's move into general takeaways of the week. Suma, I actually have to ask you about Germany. Uh, there's a fascination now two years in a row. They did this against Tampa Bay in the Tampa Bay Seattle game last year. Germans love singing the song, take me home country roads. How did that become a German song? I, I can't follow the thread here. It's a classic party song. So when you are on a birthday party, um, usually 30 to 50 years, that, that kind of range, not a 20th birthday. At some point when you are like 12 beers deep, someone will play Country Roads Take Me Home and everyone is going to sing on that party. And it's just a, I would say it has become a German party tradition. Well, I, I don't know if you're 12 beers deep, Suma, but uh, if we can get enough likes on this stream, you and I are going to sing a duet of Take Me Home Country Roads. <laughs> That's the challenge, okay? I, I, how many people are watching? How many likes? Producer Jason, can you give me an idea of both those numbers? And I'm going to set a goal to see if Suma and I will sing a duet by the end of the stream if we can get enough likes. Let's find out. Right now, we've got 20 likes, 40 likes. That's not enough. Get us to 50 likes, and Suma and I will sing a duet at the end of the stream of Take Me Home, Country Roads, for all your pleasure, just because Mondays are like a party, right? We start off the week with a party a live stream. Uh, you know who's not having a party? Oh, boy. You know who's not having a party is Bryce Young. He looks oh, awful. He had two touchdowns yesterday for the wrong team. Uh, it had three interceptions total. Uh, what, <laughs> uh, Justin wants to like it twice. See, Justin, I like, I like that way of thinking, man. Let's get these likes up. Um, what's your level of optimism that he's going to be a starter in year three of his career? That's a super tough question because right now it's really hard to figure out like how much of that is himself or his limitations versus how bad is the situation with all the compounding factors right now. I mean, that offense is bad. Offensive line is not holding up. Uh, uh, receivers cannot create a separation. Um, the scheme slash play calling might be bad, or maybe there's a, a lot of upside to be had with a different guy, maybe. So 
Um, right now, it's looking extremely ugly, and I don't feel like there are any short-term solution for how this passing game uh, could be significantly better. Um, I want to pump the brakes a little bit on the Bryce Young criticism because first year rookie season, lots of quarterbacks have been terrible in their first year who have looked much better later in the in the in the second year, for example. So we will see about his long-term out outlook, but. Right now, it's really, really concerning, and it looks like all the critics about him pre-draft are kind of right right now because he really struggles to play from the from the pocket. And on on some of these interceptions, it also feels like you might not see the field very well. Yeah. I'm not a all all twenty two expert, so. Uh, people can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but it just feels like there is something completely off right now. And yeah, I'm not I'm not sure there's a short-term solution, and um, I am not entirely sure whether he's going to be like an average quarterback uh, long term. Yeah, no, two of those picks were directly to the Colts defenders. I thought yes. he was throwing the pass to them. Eric asks, "Would you rather have Sam Howell or Bryce Young going forward? If you're a coach." Do you buy into Bryce Young's pedigree or do you believe you can coach the bad out of Sam Howell? Who would you rather have as your project at quarterback? Right now, based on this season, I would go with Sam Howell. Um, right. I mean, S Sam Howell looks significantly better than Bryce Young to me. And he is also, or he feels much more confident when when playing out there like he can create some out of structure yes he's he's been taking a lot of sacks uh also a lot of bad sacks which was not always his offensive line but it feels like sam howell is on a on a different planet right now which i think speaks more towards how bad bryce young has been rather than sam howell all right, let's uh, talk about some more bad quarterbacks. Daniel Jones is out for the season. Brian Dayball came out and said, hey, uh, maybe Tyrod Taylor's not going to return. He's going to miss at least the next three games uh, due to a rib injury. The Giants' next three opponents are at the Cowboys, at the Commanders, home to the Patriots. Is Tommy DeVito capable of winning uh, a game in the NFL? No. So Absolutely <laughs> no. So it, I mean... It, so if, if they start him, they're going to have two wins. They're probably going to get one of the quarterbacks in this draft. You're saying the Daniel Jones era in the in New York might be done. I think so. Yes. Yes. Because this is a very tough situation right now, which is extremely unlucky for Daniel Jones because A, he was bad when healthy. Uh, B, uh, he will not play until week one next year. Yeah. And see, the Giants will have a very good opportunity, most likely, to draft a quarterback. And I mean, they they got rid of, of Leonard Williams. I really think that Joe Schoon is is uh, is getting it, is good at this job. And if they have an opportunity to to get a to get a new young guy, they will eat that depth cat of Daniel Jones next year. I think he's gone out after year two. Not sure exactly, but. Yeah, I think if they are in the in the driver's seat of getting a or getting one of these quarterbacks, they should do it. Yeah, they only guaranteed ninety two million out of the one sixty, so they'd be on the on the hook for twenty two million dead cap in year three and eleven million dead cap in year four. So they do technically have an out after next year. Uh, Josh Dobbs comes in for Minnesota, doesn't know the playbook, doesn't know his teammates' names, uh, figures it out though and wins the game. 
Do you think Josh Dobbs can take this Minnesota team to the playoffs? Yes, because it's the NFC. <laughs> Uh, my my response would be no in the AFC, but in the NFC they are in a wild card spot right now. Their their defense is playing very good in terms of expectations. They have they have a very smart DC, um, good coaching. JJ will be back uh, maybe in two, uh, maybe two weeks from now. They have a decent offensive line with with a top five tackle tandem. I really think that this can be enough to 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 get a wild card spot in the. In, in a week in a week NFC. Um, I mean, this storyline yesterday was awesome. Like, yeah, he yeah. was he, he was literally taking the the first snaps all week from his starting center from from Garrett Bradbury on the sidelines after they told him that he's going to join the game. Like, how incredible is that? And I gotta say, people will laugh at, at the Atlanta Falcons. But to be completely honest, we say, oh, uh, it's like a a, um, a a reason to to fire that coaching staff, um, giving up this game against uh, Josh Dobbs without taking a practice snap with that offense. But I feel like in hindsight, it's like impossible for a defense to prepare for this yeah. because they are not running their usual place because that guy doesn't know the place. He's just calling something, looking for receivers to maybe run, run uh, open and just throw the ball. Then you have that um, scrambling ability of, of Joshua Dobbs, who had like not only scrambles, like some really, really great runs evading defenders. I feel like this is such a terrible situation for a defense to be in. Like, yes, you should probably be able to beat this team in that situation. But I also think that it might be a little bit overblown to criticize a defense for this because you just don't know what's hitting you. All right. That's the Atlanta defense. One last question, and then we'll get into the market line and, and looks ahead. Um, you know, Arthur Smith's still non-committal about who his quarterback's going to be. Last week he was protecting Desmond Ritter, but we all suspect that he was giving an addition uh, and using health as a crutch to, to see what Taylor Heineke looks like. And then always you can turn back to Ritter because – uh, you know, you held him out for health reasons. Well, uh, Heineke looked a little bit better moving that ball and moving that offense along the field, and they didn't have Drake London. Do you suspect it's the Heineke show from, from here on out? Yes, he's also already confirmed starter for next week. I think they have a bye week afterwards. So they will likely say something, yeah, we will figure it out after, after the bye week. But, I mean, they lost against the Vikings, but... The, the the last one and a half games he, he he joined the game in the halftime at at Tennessee. I mean, it was pretty obvious that he's much better suited to run that offense versus um, Desmond Ritter. So I would not be surprised at all if we continue to see Taylor Heineke because at this point Arthur Smith might also be coaching for his job. Yeah, Suma, we spent all uh, off season talking about you know Jordan Love and Kenny Pickett and Desmond Ritter and who's got the highest upside and. Sam Howell's better than all of them. Who who would have thought it? Um, let's look into this week's line, Suma, and uh, start off with the matchup of Titans, Panthers, and Bears on Thursday Night Football. Uh, Brian Burns uh, is unlikely to play. He got concussed in the last game. They also lost 
CJ Henderson in the game. Von Bell missed the game for the Bears. I guess, you know, they, they had all the defensive starters out in Jaquan Brisker, Tremaine Edmonds. Justin Fields is the main question mark. And uh, right now the line is sitting at three minus two, five on pinnacle. My question is, do you think we see Justin Fields? Um, and do you think it stays above the three if he's not uh, if he's not ruled in? I I'm expecting Tyson Bajant. Um I, I don't really see how you start Justin Fields on a short week when he's still dealing with a dislocated thumb. So um, I I would be shocked if we saw Justin Fields. I think he had a limited practice last Friday. Yeah. I, I just don't see how that's enough to, to play on a short week when you maybe cannot grip the ball 100%. Um, it's it's a very rough spot for the Panthers with all these injuries. Yeah, You named it like Hiro um, Grossmatos, Justin Houston, Brian Burns missing from the D-line. And then secondary, Jesse Horn is still on a, still on IR during the chin. What Von Bell was out week nine. CJ Henderson left. Xavier Woods, like, I mean, who's going to play in the secondary for them? The only uh, thing on funny is the only thing funny is their best two defensive games have come the last two weeks. Uh, now yeah. that's probably because of the quality of competition, but uh, I'm interested to see how that shakes out. All right, Browns, Ravens, Suma. Um, you know, Jedrick Wills, the left tackle from the Browns, looks like he's going to be out around six weeks. So it's not a season ender. Greg Newsom didn't dress. For the Ravens, uh, their secondary seems to be banged up with Kevon Seymour leaving the game and Rocky Sin didn't dress and Marcus Williams didn't dress and their right tackle Morgan Moses didn't play. Uh, they closed six-point favorites against the Seahawks. And um, right now at Pinnacle's, Minus five and a half, one seventeen, which is essentially minus six, one ten. Um, are we going to see an identical close here, or do you say, do you think people are going to back Cleveland here with a lot of points with that kind of defense? I can see people liking the Browns at six, six and a half ish, um, but at at the same time, it's it, it's it's hard for me to see a a number closing below the six here because the Ravens are just so good. Deshaun yeah. Watson, he has one decent-looking game with a low success rate against the Arizona Cardinals defense. Now he's probably going from the worst defense in the league right now to the best defense in the league on the road. Completely different situation um, without both starting tackles. So really, really tough matchup for the Browns. Um, if this closed below the six, that would surprise me a lot. How many, how many points do you give to AFC North? Um, division matchups where the dog gets some voodoo uh, credit on the line here. It's got to be worth at least half a point, right? Only if they play Tomlin. <laughs> All right, let's go 49ers-Jaguars. This is like quietly probably one of the most intriguing games on the card. Both teams off a of bye. The last time we saw the 49ers, no Trent Williams. He's probably going to play, but they lose Aaron Banks, and he's likely going to miss. Debo Samuel's still a question, and it's going to be borderline with him this week. For the Jaguars, last time we saw them, Tyson Campbell was out, and they're probably going to need him against this San Francisco passing attack. Both teams made trades at the deadline, which tells me both teams think they're close. Uh, San Fran trades for Chase Young. The Jaguars trade for Ezra Cleveland, which, you know, for a sixth-round pick, I'm upset that a certain team in the AFC East didn't make a run at him. Uh, Jaguars' defense has looked great, but if Tyson Campbell's not playing, and that, I guess that's to me, is the big injury that I'm going to be watching for, uh, do you think San Francisco is going to be able to find some success moving the ball against the Jaguars defense? Yes, they should. 
Andrew Cisco was was also a surprise inactive last week. Um, Zay Jones, don't know about him. I, I think that the timeline is pretty solid for him to come back this week. Um, on the surface, this looks like a good bounce back spot for the Niners. Um, but I I also like the the Jags a lot, especially with how their defense has been playing this year. Um, it, that was, I think, a soft minus two and a half earlier today. Now nice. we are looking at uh, yes, minus three across, uh, pretty much across the board. A few books are shading towards um, the the Niners at the three right now. I think three is probably a, a good line as of now, without further information regarding injuries. So we will see how the market is going to to battle here. I think if you like a particular side, I would probably still uh, I would probably stand on the sidelines and just wait to see what happens after injury reports. Yeah, unfortunately, by the time I figured out I want to go with San Francisco at two and a half weren't available, so I'm still going to be waiting for a number like that. Uh, Falcons, Cardinals, uh, Drake London, uh, Arthur Smith says, you know, he's optimistic that he's going to be able to go. D. Alford, though, uh, got injured, banged up from their secondary. For the Cardinals, I guess the two injuries are Kyler Murray and James Conner potentially uh, returning. Suma, the line right now is Atlanta minus two and a half. And if Kyler Murray and James Conner uh, are active, is this a, is this wrong team favored? Are we going to get a close of Arizona as a favorite for the first time this year? Not really sure about this because I'm not sure that the Cardinals will be a significantly better team with Kyler back in his first start. I think that there's also some... Uh, downside attached maybe because the Cardinals are, are also dealing with some O-line injuries and um, I mean I, 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 I'm not sure that I'm super confident that Kyler Murray in his first game back in a new offense behind that offensive line will do wonders so um, uh, not sure how far the line will move if, if he's uh, announced the the starter, to be honest. Um, Suma, we are at 36 likes, 52 people watching. We're getting close to that 50 number. And if we can get to 50, you and I are going to sing a duet for at least 30 seconds. And listen, Suma, you never oh, know. Man. You never know who's watching, Suma. You know, Justin Bieber was discovered on YouTube. What if there's this big record producer that says, man, I like this Greek and this German duet here. I think I can make some money with these guys. And we don't have to handicap football anymore. We just sing sing shows and get paid millions. What is Taylor Swift making? Like <laughs> 600 million off her tour? Let's get some of that Taylor Swift money, Suma. Uh, uh, a question that uh, we can only get here. We're going to get an inside scoop into German thinking here. Uh, Howdy asks Suma, how heavy do you expect the crowd to favor the Pats next weekend? Are the Colts or the Patriots going to be favorites? I was surprised. I know the Chiefs have been great for years, but man, that was a hostile environment. We were on the road uh, on Sunday, and I don't think anybody expected it to be that shaded towards the Chiefs. Yes, uh, not sure whether it will be the same as yesterday, but I would expect uh, the crowd to be shaded heavily towards the Patriots because Patriots probably. Uh, the top or a top three uh, fan base team here in Germany um, mm. might have cooled down a little bit since Tom Brady left. But um, for the most part, over the last decade, Patriots were very heavy in Germany. So I think Patriots will uh, be clearly the heavy favorites to, 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 to lead the crowd. But I'm not sure whether that's going to be at the same level that uh, the Chiefs fans were yesterday. 
You know who is a big New England Patriots fan, uh, or at least a Tom Brady fan, is Harry Kane, who is a German uh, league player now, uh, left my team, rip, ripped our hearts out, uh, playing for Bayern Munich, Harry Kane. AZ Mike B says, Simon Cowell might be listening. Suma, that's exactly my point. We don't know if Simon Cowell uh, is a degenerate who likes to bet football. He might be listening and, and learn that he's got two really good singers here. If we can get to 50 likes, we are going to have a chance to audition for him. Uh, Lions and Chargers. Um, listen, they got put in what Drew Dinsick calls the Widowmaker spot uh, two weeks ago when they were playing on a Monday night game and the Chiefs were playing on Thursday and they matched up the next week. So the Chiefs had this extended rest. Somehow, again, they're coming off a Monday game. This time, the Lions are off a full bye week. So, like, the, the rest disadvantage is quite large here. Um, do you make any uh, Do you make any considerations to what Drew Dinsick said this Widowmaker spot is? It's pretty good against the spread over the last few weeks. Um, are the Chargers getting hosed with this schedule here? Yeah, I mean, second time in a row, it's, it's pretty rough by the schedule makers, to be honest. I mean... Uh, coming off coming off of a bye week and playing a team on short rest, a very interesting sport, and especially uh, twice within three weeks. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty rough spot. And Jets, they are playing a very stout defense today. It's gonna be rough on the on the flight back towards uh, Los Angeles. Yeah, there was that stat of like everybody who played San Fran the next week didn't do well. They got tenderized. And, you know, if the Jets play a physical low scoring game like the total suggests, then uh, perhaps this is also going to be a bad spot for the Chargers. How do I agree? Tottenham failed uh, Harry Kane. We definitely failed him. Scott asked Suma, do you eliminate almost uh, stats for Carolina opponents at this point? Maybe just defensively. Uh, my answer is no. Uh, I like all data points. Um uh, otherwise, you know, when Miami put up Denver 70 on Denver and everybody's like, take out all that data, Denver's done pretty good against a lot of other opponents. So I don't believe in eliminating data unless it's like Tommy DeVito, you know, against the Ravens or Baltimore. I have no interest in, in seeing those stats. Yes, I agree. Every data point matters in, in some capacity, but um, when it comes to strength of schedule on a scale from one to five, I mean, every opponent of the Panthers is a clear one to me. All right. Chargers and Jets, you alluded to it. Uh, the The Chargers are going to be without uh, Josh Palmer, who goes on the IR right after he started busting out. So him and Keenan Allen, uh, and him and uh, Mike Williams are out, but they get Jalen Guyton back from the IR. Uh, they're finally starting to use Quinton Johnson a little bit more. For the Jets, uh, their O-line lost two offensive linemen to the IR. Dwayne Brown isn't cleared and ready to go. Uh, Suma, when you start to think about this game, like for myself, it's the Chargers strength is their passing game and the Jets have a really good secondary and really good D line. And then Chargers are susceptible to get carved through the air, but the Jets don't do that very well. So I see two uh, offenses struggling to get the ball moving here. Yes. Uh, same here. Uh, I, I also like the, the under tonight, um, got under 41. Really like that. Um, the Chargers, when you look at the uh, metrics of, of, of the Chargers offense, like as soon as Mike Williams went out, there, there was a clear drop. Their success rate is down. Yes, there are a few big plays by Justin Herbert every now and then, but their, their rushing offense is the worst in the league since week three or four. 
don't mm -hmm. remember correctly, with a rushing success rate of around 24, 25%. They cannot run the ball. Um, and, and their passing game is pretty much reliant on Justin Herbert making magic happen. Uh, Mike Williams is really missing. Josh Palmer really came along. It's now missing. Um, I mean, I really think that, and, and also, um, uh, I, I think that you saw the absence of their starting center coalitely in, in, in recent weeks. And they are now facing a Jets defense that is going to get absurd pressure on them. And then with like basically funneling your uh, passing game towards Keenan Allen, maybe some Austin Eckler, maybe some Gerald Everett sprinkled in. I'm really having a rough time seeing the Chargers moving the ball down up and down the field against this Jets uh, defense. I, I I cannot see their run game getting going against the Jets, and then it really comes down to how many good plays can Justin Herbert make make out there sitting in the in the pocket and. <sighs> Gonna be a tough day for the Charles offense. And on the other side, I mean, yeah, Zach Wilson. We, we don't need to talk too much about it. Um, yes, the Charles defense is not great, but uh, Joey Bosa is uh, somewhat healthy again after his toe injury. Kelly Mack is uh, past his prime, but should get a few pressures against the Jets, Jets O-line and then it will likely be a battle of, um, I don't know, a 2017 kind of game. Who gets the ball last? Who who shoots the uh, last-minute field goal? And um, as a Jets fan, without a bet on the side, uh, maybe 2017 Jets with uh, with uh, Staley going for a fourth and two at his own 35-yard line early in the fourth quarter and Mike Lombardi roasting him for 10 minutes on, on Tuesday morning on his podcast, something like this. Um, but yeah, uh, all in all, I can see a, a, a low-scoring affair and uh, without a side bet, I'm rooting for the Jets. Yeah, I think if you got Brees Hall in your fantasy roster, start him because I think the Jets want to give him that ball as many times yes. as possible. Suma, the moment of truth, I don't know if we got there and you might be off the hook. Uh, Producer Jason, you got to let me know, did we get to 50 likes here? Uh, and is Suma off the hook or we have to sing this thing? 44 likes, Suma. You know what? I think you did something. You're, you're, you're friends with Elon Musk. You suppressed the German vote because... I swear we would have. I thought we were going to hit this mark. I'm disappointed in everybody. We promised them a duet. And, you know, the 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 people who did like, I appreciate you. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get to 50. What I, I called Mike Tomlin to give me some of his voodoo magic. Yeah, voodoo. I'm going to figure out a way or a reason to, to, to create a challenge again next week when, uh, and uh, I'll commit to getting Suma to sing. But, uh, you know, you guys disappointed me. I wanted to give you guys a magical moment. Uh, Suma, thanks again for all your time today, man. Yes, George. Uh, very short show today uh, at 47, 47 minutes. We are 30 minutes under our. Uh, go. I had a 13-minute soliloquy about why the Dolphins are still the, the, the best team in the world. But I said, you know what? Let me spare uh, the audience the, the, the uh, pleasure of hearing this rant about why we're actually good. And, and uh, we got jobbed. And whoever bet Kansas City off the handicap that uh, Mahomes under a field goal is an auto bet. Congratulations. You got to the window with a ticket. You didn't deserve the cash. Uh, Unfortunately, we didn't get there, AZ. Might be. I tried stalling. This outro has been four minutes long, and, and I could not get there. Uh, 
next time I'll make a challenge and you guys got to meet the meet the moment and get us to sing. We'll be back again tomorrow at two o'clock with myself and Sharp Clark to break down some film, recap the Monday nighter and give you the first Thursday night preview. I'm looking forward to that game. I love ugly football. Suma, do you even stay awake for uh, games that are that ugly or do you just um, you just go to bed and say I'll deal with that in the morning? I will go to bed on Thursday. Um, I will not watch this uh, tonight. I, I, I will join Rob on the on the watch along for the first uh, one or two quarters to watch some Jets football. But I will not stay awake for Panthers Bears. No chance. <laughs> Az stalling. He's asking us for Survivor picks. We don't do that on this show. He wants really to get us to fifty likes. I appreciate it. Uh, once again, if you enjoyed the content, smash the like button. Next time, do it earlier so we can sing for you. That's it for me. Thanks to Suma. Thanks to producer Jason, and thanks to you, the audience. Until next time.